Yes, thank you everyone for coming. I would like to call the President Work Group on Racial Justice, Anti-Racism and Equity meeting to order. Karen, please read the virtual meeting uh, opening statement. Welcome to our virtual meeting. We are going to cover a few basic items before beginning. If you lose connection at any point during the meeting, you can reconnect by clicking the link or calling the number in your original email. To members and city staff, members, if you're able, please activate your video and keep it on for the duration of the meeting. Staff, if you're able, please activate your video when you're speaking. The chair and committee staff are responsible for muting and unmuting committee members. Use the raise hand feature when you'd like to be recognized to speak, ask questions, or request a roll call vote. During any roll call, all members of the body will be unmuted briefly. Staff, click raise hand when you're asked a question. The chair will do their best to call on committee members in the order in which hands are raised. Lowering your hand will take you out of the queue. Members of the public who have registered to speak, the name you entered in Zoom must match the name you entered in registration. You will remain muted until called upon. Staff will tell you when your time is up. After speaking, a member of the body may ask you a question. If you need to share documentation with the board, please send it to the email listed on today's agenda. Please do not use your video. If you use your video, it will be shut off. Chair, the floor is yours. Thank you, Karen. Uh, please call the roll. Yes. Alder Benford? Here. Alder Bennett? Alder Carter is likely excused. She's excused. If she can't make it, she's excused. Um, Alder Conklin? Present. Alder Miazzi? Present. Alder Wahalia? Present. You have quorum. Thank oh, some, you. Someone's knocking at our front door. Thank you. In a virtual meeting like this, uh, it's particularly important that we carefully follow Robert's rule of order. Therefore, please do not speak until you have raised your hand and be recognized by the chair. Uh, Karen, are there any public comments? Sorry about that. I wanted to make sure that was not an emergency. Everything is fine. Did you ask about public comment? Yes. Yes. Um, I do not have any registered. I'm, I'm reloading again here just to make sure. No registered speakers. No registered speakers. Very well. Thank you. Uh, approval of the minute. May I have a motion to approve the minutes of August 2nd, 2021 meeting? Can someone make the move? Brian, who's first? Yeah. So moved. And I second. Thank you. Is there any objection to recording unanimous vote for favor of motion? Please raise your hand. If there's none, the motion to approve the minute passes unanimously. Thank you. Any disclosures or recusals? I see none. Thank you. And now into the agenda. So, so I would like to first express uh, my uh, gratitude and appreciation for serving this work group for dedicating your time to these efforts. We have an opportunity to collaborate as black leaders to serving our community and by making recommendation 
for ways to improve how the city engage with our black community. So I want to reiterate my email that I sent for uh, really uh, having the commitment in coming and serving in this committee. So I really appreciate the time and the effort that you're going to put this uh, forward. So with the agenda, you know, one of the, uh, there are so many, uh, two items are really charged with us. Is first is the participatory uh, budget and also the BCC. And because of the budget coming up, I'm really digging into more in how we can engage our community. And as per my email, you know, we want to engage in this conversation what, who are, you are interested and who is in the community that you are, you would like to invite in terms of how we are, you know, serving our community. Uh, sometimes, you know, the budget is mainly, uh, set and then some of the communities, uh, apply for, uh, those, uh, 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 resources. But, you know, we'd like to have a very proactive, uh, activities and engaging our communities. What does that look like? So I would like to, uh, entertain the, uh, the discussion on, you know, who, who on the table would you like to invite and what kind of questions you would like to ask those communities? And that's, you know, I would like to open the floor by, you know, having, uh, the discussion, uh, who you, who you feel to be in this table and what kind of question you'd like to ask them and how you envision them to be engaged in this, in this group. So those are the three questions. And, uh, Brian has his hands up. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, I, I really appreciate this. And I think we have two city staff that should be at the table with us now that I'm really happy that Tariq and David is with us. And I would be curious of what efforts have been done in the past around this that maybe either one of them might have institutional knowledge on. And I, I think it's so important, obviously, that uh, definitely BIPOC communities don't weigh in on uh, many of issues. Of, and truth be told, not many people in general do except, you know, maybe when you get your property tax bill, you're a little upset. But uh, this is an amazing opportunity for uh, people to help guide our process. So I'll, I'll be quiet, and I really would love to hear what maybe has been done in the past. And as far as what leaders should be here, I know that DCR has a wide reach in connecting with uh, uh, all the relevant community-based organizations that serve BIPOC organizations. So. With that, uh, could I open it up and ask uh, Tariq and David individually if they had thoughts? Thank you, Brian, for your question. Uh, Tariq or David, who would like to get the first uh, spot for this question? Well, Dave hasn't turned on his uh, his camera yet, so I guess that's me. Um, and just just a note, I pronounce my name Tariq, as opposed to Tariq. So, um, I'm sorry, I apologize. Oh, all good. Just wanted to make a note of it. So, you now I can speak a little bit to instead of participatory budgeting, um, which I think means a, a kind of particular approach to more how has community been involved um, in articulating voice related to the budget. So, slightly a different piece. So, the neighborhood resource teams, which I've been most directly involved with, we have done um, 
a process, not, not so much in COVID times, but before, where we're really trying to get out to the areas where we have NRTs. So remember, that's not everywhere. It's just, it's nine pockets, really. Um, and connecting with people, with residents in kind of a, a little bit more holistic way, asking questions around, like, what's really working well in your neighborhood? What's not working so well? What are some of the di- things you want to see different? And using those to, to, to develop recommendations that we've then put forward to different agencies. And we've been able to invest a lot in to get a lot of items into the budget, both on the capital end as well as the operating end that have been kind of rooted in community voice in that way. And so that's covered all sorts of things from developing um, new bus lines, expanding bus lines, developing community centers, um, expanding programming out of community development division, including the community building and engagement uh, funding pot, which which came out of what was originally a... Um, desire to kind of go down a participatory budgeting road and which actually ended up becoming a pretty big thing, which I know Alder Conklin was connected with, Alder McKinney was connected with at one point. Uh, one of the candidates um, in this year's council election was connected to that. So that's a more, a different, very different process, but it's been one where we've kind of tried to early on proactively go out, connect with people about what's important to them and feed that into the budget. I know it's been a long time, but I, I think Dave could speak to this better. There used to be more, I think, um, kind of budget hearings earlier in the process where we used to go out into the community, um, try to do outreach, open it up to residents where they could come in and kind of speak to what was what was already being proposed, what was already there, and provide feedback um, much earlier than the uh, than the actual budget hearings themselves. So those are the ways in which we've done things in the past. They're also, I think, at one point used to be, I think mayors used to go out and kind of open up um, hearings where a lot of the community-based organizations would come out and provide feedback on what their priorities were and what was important to them. Those are the pieces that I I know about, kind of separate from participatory budgeting. I think, uh, you know, that's where if you wanted to go down a participatory budgeting road, that's a a pretty, as I understand it, a pretty involved process about really putting the budget in the hands of people and um, their voice really determining what goes where, as opposed to more um, kind of involvement in it. But I think that would be a, a question for the council to consider if they wanted to go down that road, if there's, if they really want to hand money over and say like, okay, we're going to, we're going to put aside $500,000 for residents to actually make decisions on. And that would be that would be something to do. It would be a powerful thing to do, but I don't know um, if there's been that interest in the past. Thank you, Tarek. David? I don't really have much to add to what Tarek laid out. I think he um, described well the channels that have been used in the recent past. Um, there have been some um, community meetings in prior budgets. Um, what tends to happen um, is you see special, specific interest groups show up, like it might be those who are interested in bikes or those who might be interested in certain types of um, uh, allocations, and they turn out in large numbers. I think what we found in, in 
Tara can speak much better to this than I can is, you know, the NRTs have really been the best sort of, I think, approach to get communities that aren't usually represented in the budget discussion process um, to get their ideas into the process. And, um, you know, I, I think uh, you know, always more, you know, more can be done around that. Uh, I think maybe we've clearly learned about technology uh, options during the pandemic with um, possibly use of Zoom and, you know, other sort of uh, uh, virtual approaches uh, to get that input. Um, we also, I think uh, for one or two budgets used a, um, something akin to a survey platform where people could put ideas in about the budget um, and uh, that is all, I mean, that's one way to gather information. You also, it's kind of more of a broad net that's cast. You get a lot of ideas, uh, difficult to sort through all of those uh, to decide how to proceed. Uh, as I mentioned uh, in my presentation at your previous meeting, um, you know, what we're trying to do with Results Madison and really kind of link our strategic planning, comprehensive planning, and Imagine Madison to the budget process. It's really, really where we're trying to go. I think Imagine Madison and its outreach efforts uh, really, I think, did a lot to at least try to bring in a number of different voices from the community in our, you know, what do we want Madison to look like and the strategies to get there, which is informing the results Madison process around you know, orient our, orienting our budget more towards outcomes, performance measures, uh, use of data, and, you know, one key element of that data gathering is, do we move to something that, uh, that some communities have around a community-wide survey, you know, and then um, what sort of uh, other channels do we set up to try to get um, input from the community on, uh, allocation of, um, uh, of resources. So, so those are a few thoughts, but I think Tar kind of laid it out pretty well uh, what we're doing in in those specific communities. Thank you, David. Alden Yatsi. Yeah, I really appreciate uh, city staffs, uh, Tarek's and uh, David's uh, um, uh, comment about the outreach part, but I'm just wondering if we can uh, have, if we're to have people at the table, I think faith-based uh, communities, I mean, it's so important because those communities have hundreds of, of members, you know, especially, you know, you're talking about Mount Zion, uh, Fountain of Life, uh, Everett Mitchell, who's my pastor, I mean, or Judge Everett Mitchell. I mean, these people are key hitters as far as having uh, um, a bunch of uh, uh um, African-Americans, um, you know, BIPOC community there. So I think faith communities is, is another place, another great avenue. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Alder. Alder Harrington-McKinney. Uh, thank you, Madam Chair. Um, I was going to just add um, the discussion about um, budgetary considerations is almost like transportation. It's like it's such a complex topic. And um, 
One of the things that uh, in the transportation area, Equity by Design is working on a project, and it's called um, Let's Talk Transportation, and to really break it apart for understanding. And that's what's going to have to happen because, you know, people shy away when you say the budget. It's like, wow. Um, when you say transportation, it's a wow. But really, piece by piece, what um, Equity by, by Design has been able to do with transportation is to take it apart like a puzzle and really work with it so people can really understand why and how it matters to them. Um, and that's what the budget needs to do. I remember when um, my first, as an alder, my first experience uh, um, with the budget, when Laura came in and she, they were just introducing um, a priority-based budget, and we had a whole wall of little, of, of little sticky um, uh, slips saying what mattered, and then we grouped them, and, and there was, we did it as alders, and so the, the, the point that I'm trying to make is, is that we can talk about understanding the budget, how we understand the budget, but until you really put those puzzle pieces together and take it apart where people can really relate to why this matters to me and then put the process back together again, we're losing it. We're not doing it by email. We're not doing it by social media. Meter, uh, social media. And you can, you can be in a room and you can talk about it, um, but if you're not able to really have individuals understand it in small bits, does it take work? Absolutely. But if you want it to be successful, and if you really want the input that we talk about in terms of public, of, um, public engagement for many underrepresented people, we're going to have to break it up. I know that uh, David uh, went to many community meetings, um, and who shows up are the ones that already understand the process. <laughs> they already got an agenda. And they already know how to move the agenda, right? Um, and that's not that's not the people that we're talking about. So I'm hoping that this committee really starts looking at how we can really break those down and really present them in a way that people can really say, "I see this, I see me, and this is important to me, and I want to speak to it." Thank you. Thank you, Elder Kenny, Tarek. Yeah, you know, last time um, some of the DCR folks were here, I think we did our presentation, and, and Melissa asked the question at a certain point. Like, it was basically, "What are you, what are you all looking for?" You know, in in terms of where do you want to get to, and kind of put a lot of things on the table in terms of getting voice and getting involvement of people and so on. But it was really trying to ask an open-ended question. I think to help this group get to the right question about what is it that folks want to try and accomplish. And so I think for me, it's a little like I'm catching up. Um, and so I'm not sure is the question about like, okay, so how do we launch participatory budgeting and get that rolling, which again is a very specific thing in a lot of models. Um, you know, it kind of comes down to one thing and this is the way we do it. And, and that's one question. 
There's another question, which I wonder is the question that you're really thinking about, which is how do we get community voice incorporated more into the budget? And get more specific, which is how do we get the voices of black individuals involved in the budget? We can go a little bit more, shift a little bit yet and just say, how do we get the voices of black people involved in what we do? which is maybe even a little bit different than the budget. And so that's where I'd, I'd really encourage the group to say, like, where do you want to go? And, and what is it that you want to hit at? And then kind of coming to that question about, and what is the best way for us to accomplish that? Because if we're really talking about trying to make the budget relevant to what's real for people and what's important to them, that's a whole different set of questions. And it's ho happening over a completely different timeline. It, and, and it's a place where alders could could really kill it, you know, I mean, just going forward and connecting very kind of assertively and inclusively, which sometimes means being exclusive and not doing what we think of in government. Most of the times is just like, let's do an open public meeting. But there could be really specific and targeted focus groups with certain constituencies and communities that you're trying to talk to to say, OK, so what is important? This is where what we do right now. This is where a bunch of our money goes. These are the kinds of programs that we have. But what's really important to you? And what are the kinds of things that you'd like to see us doing instead? And then taking that back and starting to build out the programs with, pro with uh, the different agency heads and so on to figure out what that looks like. But I think it gets to a, a more expansive way of starting to ask the questions over a much longer period of time, probably year round, than just kind of connected to that budget, budget piece. You know, so I think it's just thinking, kind of slowing down a little bit and thinking about how do we really want to approach this? And what is it that we're really going after? Is it the budget? Is it about voice? Is it about inclusion? What is it? Thank you, Tarek. And I think, you know, I don't know how the group feel, but I think it's above all. It's the inclusivity, the budget, the community, the voices, and all that. So I, I believe that, you know, we, we can be able to uh, come together and kind of uh, formalize the kind of ways that we want to engage. Uh, Alder McKenna, do you have your hands up or do you have a follow-up question? No, I'm sorry. Let me lower my hand. Thank you. Alder Benford. Thank you, Madam Chair. And Tarek, I'm sorry. I've known you for years and I've been butchering your name for probably 25 years, so please forgive me. But your insights really touch my heart in to piggyback on Alder McKinney, I, I've heard synergy in your statements and hers that, so, you know, what's the hook? What, why is it relevant? Why does it make a difference? And, you know, years I spent working within community centers. So, you know, as their budgets might be cut, and I know Alder Conklin can relate to this with Lucier and uh, how important it is for folks to go have their voices heard at different uh, boards and commissions and committees. So as a, Long-time organizer, I'm always wondering what the hook is. So the participatory budget process might be the hook to get people in the door. And then what you said is super, super important. How do we keep them engaged? And I've said this for years when I was an alder in the past, that if any of us stopped 10 people on the street and said, who's your alder? You know, we'd be shocked if one or two would even know. And then you say, what does an alder do? Maybe one of those two people would know. But the people that do know, they weld a lot of power. They have their voices heard at every step of the way. 
So how do we become relevant? And I think through the budget process, the, it, at least in my day job or my day job, my other job, it's always about trying to find that hook to show people why it is important to get involved. And sometimes it is about matters that impact our kids the most or impact our families. And then I, I really love that I think we have to be intentional then once we hook them, are the doors open? And I, I was at a TFOGS, I caught the tail end of the TFOGS meeting. I know people have spent hours and hours looking at all of this, but uh, I think you're absolutely right. And what Alder McKinney said that, uh, you know, uh, why does it matter? Why does any of this matter? And we're in a system where people have so much distrust of government at every level. And is it really, will their voices really, really matter? So I think there has to be a cultural shift to continue to open those doors for people to get involved and to have their underrepresented people to have their voices heard. So I really appreciate your comments. Thank you, Alder ben, uh, Benford. Uh, Alder Conklin. Thank you. Um, I guess what I want to add to this is the Black leaders that I think that we should have at the table are none that we already know already. Our Black leaders are the ones that are in our communities putting in the work, doing the work, just like I was doing for many, many years. Didn't nobody know who I was except for unless you lived in Wexford Ridge or you went to the Lucia Center. Thank you, Tarek. You know who I was, but other than that, and and the, my voice is the one that I, we needed to bring to the table. And and look at what we done. My community done invested in me so much. Now I'm the alder, and I get to represent those voices. So the leaders we need at this table isn't anyone that has already been mentioned. Isn't anyone that we've seen at the news, at the churches, at the courthouse. None of those people. There's people that's putting in this work already with the focus interruption community service workers that are already doing the outreach that already knows what the community needs or who whose voice needs to be heard those are the people i want to see at the table those are the people that need to get educated with the system that's in place already for them to be able to bring their voices to the table so that that's all i wanted to say thank you alder conklin and I, and I think, you know, uh, it's everyone has brought a good point in terms of who can participate and who can really give us the, the real answers in terms of whether it's program, whether it's the budget, or whether it's the, the, the voices. So, I, and I think, you know, for, for us in this group is how we can collect those information and be more proactive in terms of educating our community what's the participatory budget looks like and who, what are the needs and how we can be able to participate. So with that, I think, uh, I don't know if uh, Alder Conklin will be around. It, I believe Alder Conklin has left. So if meeting. she leaves, then we will not have quorum. Correct, we no longer have quorum. That is correct. So, uh, with that, I think one of the, I don't know, Karen, is it, can I share, uh, you know, some of the future and maybe I can just send you the topics. Yeah, you'll have to send me the topics. I texted Alder Carter in case there's some way that she can come 
to preserve quorum. I believe we have 15 minutes. 